If you asked a Jewish person what he might lose if he converted to Christianity, he might say, everything. He might lose his family, his friends, his heritage. His life might even be threatened. Our guest today understands. But if you ask him what you can gain when you understand Jesus is the Messiah and place your faith in him, he might say, everything. Hear why reaching our Jewish friends is so important and how it's happening on this Action in Ministry. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. Action. Action in ministry. Hi, I'm Rachel Legutte, and this is Action in Ministry. As Christians, we look at the Old Testament with the New Testament and see it as God's story of redemption for us. The Old Testament pointing to the coming Christ and the New Testament fulfilling the countless prophecies in Jesus Christ. While much of the Bible was written by Jewish men, and Jesus himself was a Jew, many Jewish people today still don't believe Jesus is the Messiah. Many ministries focus on sharing the gospel among the Jewish people, and Apple of His Eye is one of them. Its founder, Steve Cohen, joins us today. Steve, thanks for joining us. Shalom, Rachel, and thank you for the opportunity to be here. Steve, will you begin by sharing just a little bit about your life story with us from from when you were a child? I grew up in a Jewish home. My parents were Jewish. My grandparents were Jewish. We weren't religious, but we understood the fact that we were Jewish. And the definition of being Jewish in those days were, you're not a believer in Jesus. It was a negative definition. For my people, the Jewish people, uh, the focus on who Jesus is is uh, not, not under consideration, primarily because our rabbis teach that when the Messiah comes, this world will be different, and that's what I was taught. I went to uh, undergraduate school at the University of Washington, and during uh, my time there, I went to basic training at Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, Texas, where I met a young Lutheran man. He knew I was Jewish. We were in the same Air Force Reserves unit, and by law, over the next six years, he knew that one week in a month and two weeks in the summer would be together. He used those opportunities to initiate a personal witness to me. He began with prayer, and he prayed that uh, God would bring me to a point of considering him. He told me his story of faith, and he pointed me to God's story, that is, the New Testament, a book I had never read before. He prayed ultimately that God would make me miserable, and indeed that's exactly what happened, to the point that I was willing to read this book, and I discovered something nobody told me before. The New Testament is a Jewish book. Matthew, Mark, John, Peter, and Paul were Jewish. Jesus was Jewish. The first followers of Jesus were Jewish. In fact, uh, it's important for me to say today, there weren't a lot of Lutherans back then. (laughs) But um, as as we follow uh, the Messiah uh, and live in him, it's an affirmation of being Jewish that when I received him as my Messiah, I didn't change from being Jewish, but rather received the fulfillment of what God had intended from the very beginning. My uh, family at first thought it was a fad I would outgrow. Of course, I didn't. And uh, I began my missionary career in 1976, trying to help my people rediscover who Jesus is, 
and trying to help the church rediscover her Jewish roots. I've been doing that since that time. It's been almost uh, 42 years now. And along the way, uh, there have been challenges, uh, rejection by family and friends, yet opportunities where uh, my own brother came to faith in Jesus. And uh, my father did on his deathbed following 15 years of keeping me apart from him. On the other hand, my own mother, uh, Barbara Cohen, as of this time, has continued to keep a cut-off relationship. 1990 was our last phone call. So though I'm the point person for Jewish missions for our church body, uh, there are some people I just can't reach. Mm. And my story is a very simple one. There are 16 million Jewish people in the world today, 6 million in the U.S., 6 million in Israel. 99% don't believe in Jesus, not because they've read the Scriptures and rejected it, but because they, like me, have seriously never considered who Jesus is. You said at the at the beginning here that, that being Jewish meant that you didn't believe in Jesus. Um, that was one of the identifiers of, of what it um, meant to be Jewish. When you were growing up, did you have questions about Jesus, about who he was? I did not. Um, I followed the traditional position. Uh, I didn't know if he was a man, a myth, uh, or, as the Bible teaches, if he was the Messiah. And the reason I didn't um, is because nobody invited me to read. And uh, it's uh, you just can't draw information about who he is uh, from a vacuum or from silence. Mm. Well, you said your family thought it might be a fad that you would grow out of, um, and it, and you haven't grown out of it yet. <laughs> so I'm wondering, after your conversion to Christianity in 1973, like what are some what are some tangible ways that your life changed? How did it start to look different? First of all, I discovered that there is a God. Frankly, I wasn't sure there was a God growing up. Many Jewish people even today question the existence of God, and the reason they do is because all of the bad things that have happened in the name of Jesus. But um, uh, I came to a point of realizing there is a God who loves us, and the bad things that have happened in this world are not because of God, but because of men. And secondly, I came to realize that my sins were forgiven, which was something very, very important for me. Recognizing that sins are forgiven, I realized that I've received the blessings and promises of the uh, hope we have now for the future, and the blessings and promises of eternal life that God assures us we will have. Steve, I'm wondering at what point you saw the need to minister to the Jewish people and share Christ with them. Was it immediately following your conversion to Christianity, or was it something that developed later in your walk as a Christian? My personal goal uh, uh, right after college was to go to law school and become a criminal attorney. And I know that today some people think all attorneys are criminals, but that's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) As I... Uh, was preparing for law school. One day I was standing on a hill in Seattle, Washington, and a man drove up to where I was standing in a big black Lincoln Continental. He got out of the car, walked up to me, somehow knew I was Jewish, and he told me these things, that I was to study the Bible, become a believer in Jesus, because my mission in life was to bring the gospel to the Jewish people. This was long before I had confessed Jesus as my Messiah, and I thought this guy was Meshuggah. That's a Yiddish word. It means he's crazy. (laughs) But as I 
uh, uh, pondered these things after coming to faith, I looked for opportunities as to how God might open doors in order to enable me to serve. And those doors indeed were opened, and uh, I was given the opportunity to serve with another Jewish mission that I'm sure your listeners have heard of called Jews for Jesus. I served on their mission staff for 20 years while volunteering for our church body, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, on a task force on Jewish evangelism. In 1996, I was invited to start this new mission society then called the Apple of His Eye to leave Jews for Jesus and to begin uh, an intentional effort inside the structure of our church body. That effort began with a file folder and a vision to do two things. One, get the gospel out using the tools and technologies available today to Jews and Gentiles, and two, to equip the church to do the same. Twenty-two years later, we're still just doing the same thing, getting the gospel out and looking to equip the church. We're seeking to do so with greater urgency because each day that passes means we're a day closer to the Lord's coming, and it means that people are a day closer towards their ending their life here. And there is no second chance for anyone on the face of this earth, nor do we get to heaven by just being good people and doing good deeds. Can you tell us a little bit more about how Apple of His Eye carries out its mission to share Christ with the Jewish people? Well, one of the ways that uh, we have sought to extend our sphere of influence is to be personally available through our staff and volunteers in public venues. I've written over 150 different gospel tracts, each themed to a very specific event. Uh, for example, if there were the World Series, where when I was in St. Louis, I would write uh, a gospel track for Game 1 or Game 2 of the World Series. And we'd go down to Bush Stadium in downtown St. Louis and be outside with people milling about and make our literature available. People would take the literature and we would seek to engage them with questions like this. What do you think of Jesus? Now those questions can be asked of anyone just about anywhere except at work uh, while you're working. And those questions allow open-ended opportunities for conversations to begin. For every 20 Gentile contacts that we would receive, we'd receive a Jewish contact. On the other side of that coin, as we begin brand new mission work in Israel this year, we know that in Israel, for every 20 Jewish contacts, we might get one Gentile contact. And that these become the basis of follow-up in which we seek to cultivate relationships, help people consider who Jesus is, discover the scriptures, and finally, read for themselves what God has done. People have asked me over the years, 42 years you've been a missionary, so how many Jewish people have you converted? Or how many Gentiles have you converted? And the answer is very simple, none. <laughs> we don't do the work of conversion. That's the sovereign work of the Holy Spirit. He's the one who preps the heart, convicts of sin, plants faith, convinces people that these things are true, and what we seek to do in cooperation with the Holy Spirit is be vessels available to speak to others. What are some of the challenges that are maybe unique to a ministry that is about bringing Jesus to the Jewish population? I'd say there are three primary challenges. The first one today is the indifference of the church. Most Christians today know somebody Jewish. 
And when I ask that uh, question as I speak in congregations around the country, I'll ask for a show of hands. How many here know somebody Jewish? And the majority of the people do. And then when I ask the follow-up question, how many have taken the initiative to speak with their Jewish friend in the last year or so, the average is three or maybe four people. Very few people today are being proactive and intentional in reaching out. We need to help change that by urging people forward and providing them tools, and we've developed those tools to help them in their witness. Secondly, most Jewish people are biblically illiterate. It sounds strange to speak of Jewish people, the people of the book, as being biblically illiterate, but I say that to mean this. Most Jewish people today don't know what's in the Scriptures, don't know the ABCs of the Bible, don't know what's in the Torah, or the Navim, the prophets, or the Ketuvim, the writings, and definitely don't know what's in the New Testament. So it cannot be presumed uh, that they would run to Jesus, because as the Bible says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So it's important for us to introduce people to their book. And thirdly, there's a lot of sociological pressure. The main reason most Jewish people today who are considering Jesus don't believe is not so much the theological issues are there, you know, is Jesus really the Messiah? The, the scriptures show clearly that he is. But most Jewish people today uh, are concerned, as Jesus acknowledged that they would be, of what family, friends, the community, the synagogue, the rabbi might say, think, or do. And we need to walk side by side with others to help them say, yes, those things may happen. On the other hand, I've seen whole families come to faith through the prayerful witness of one who has come to faith. When you think about what lies ahead for Apple of His Eyes, what new and exciting things are on the horizon um, for you guys? I know you mentioned Israel. What Can you tell us a little bit more about what's going on there? Well, a couple of years ago, with the prayers of our board of directors at Apple of His Eyes Mission Society, uh, we sought to take the initiative to begin this new work. And uh, we were very excited because last summer, uh, 19, or excuse me, 2017, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, the LWML, Lutheran Women's Missionary League, gave us a vote of confidence to begin this new work in Israel by extending to us a grant that was a Kickstarter grant. That grant was for $100,000, 20% of what we believe we need to start for the first three years to begin new mission work in Tel Aviv, uh, a city that's most active uh, and one of the busiest cities in Israel. A few months ago, we extended a call to Reverend Dr. Robert Rogner, former head of World Missions, former head of Lutheran Bible Translators, a missionary himself in Africa for 10 years, a mission leader, and a person who has led a couple of congregations and that call was for him to become part of the Apple of Zion Mission Society and to be our point person serving in the land of Israel. He accepted that call, and he and his bride, Christy, are going to be joining us starting May 1st, 2018. Their first few steps will be to raise their mission support, as any missionary has to do. And then they will be going to Tel Aviv to work with us in partnership with Emmanuel Lutheran Ministries in Tel Aviv, a partner that we've been looking to support to help Lutherans in Israel become more proactive in reaching out. 
Lutherans have been in Israel for many years, but for the most part, their ministries have been what one would call expat ministries. That means you've got the Danish Lutherans and the Finnish and the Norwegians and the Swedish and the German Lutherans hosting services, but uh, uh, none of these uh, organizations have been intentionally seeking to reach out to the Jewish people. They've asked us to provide leadership for the evangelism and to train people and to bring people along. And that's part of what we'll be doing there. The other part will be to identify Israelis who already know the land, culture, and language, who are Jewish themselves, who have come to faith in Jesus, so that we can help them become trained in the core work of doing mission work and to be integrated within our mission agency. Well, it certainly sounds like there's lots of new, exciting things on the horizon for apple of his eye. It is, exci- <laughs> it is exciting, but there's also some challenges that we would like your listeners to be aware of. First of all, Jewish missions is fraught with spiritual opposition. The enemy doesn't want anybody to come to faith, much less a Jewish person to come to faith. And so recognizing uh, uh, that Jewish people who do come to faith are very uh, uh, proactive in wanting to reach others. We know that the battle is on, and we covet the prayers for others. Secondly, we recognize that uh, even in the land of Israel, there are those who are militantly against a gospel witness. There are organized agencies to stop missionary activity in the land of Israel. We covet your prayers that those individuals would be um, recognizing that they're standing against the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and that they might in turn receive God's gift of salvation rather than resist God's gift of salvation. Well, Steve, it's easy to see that God has clearly placed this passion on your heart and how God has orchestrated all of the pieces to fit together to work out this ministry. What would you say to someone else who knows their passion but is not sure how to move forward in putting it into action? First and foremost, pray. Secondly, seek counsel from others who are engaged in mission efforts. Dip your toes in the water by going on short-term mission trips to experience various fields that are open. And then as you sift through these things, ask God to guide and to direct you. There is a huge need for people uh, to move forward, but one does not need to become a vocational mission worker to be a witness to the lost. Right where people are today, they can be just as effective, for it was just as that one Lutheran layman reached me, that your listeners can reach others. If they recognize the need, people are lost and on the way to hell, the urgency, time is short, the power is God's power for salvation, not ours, and are willing to participate with that in obedience to our Lord's command, go and tell others. Well, Steve, thank you for those words. And your story is certainly inspiring to me, and I know that it's inspired others as well. And I'm so glad that you took this opportunity to join us today. We pray God's richest blessings on you and all of your work and the work of Apple of His Eye. Thank you. And let me close with a brief uh, Jewish prayer. Osei Shalom B'Ramav, Hu Ya'asei Shalom Aleinu, Ve'al Kol Yisrael Ve'imru Omein, May he who makes peace in thee high places 
Make peace for us and for all Israel. And say we all, Amen. Amen. Like Steve said, it's not our job to convert people to Christianity. The Holy Spirit will handle that. But as a child and young man, Steve hadn't considered Jesus as the Messiah. Why? Simply because no one had told him. And when someone came along who was willing to do that, pray for him and open the scriptures to him, his life was changed. And through his conversion, many more have come to hear the gospel. How will they know unless they hear? How will they hear unless you tell them? We have been called to deliver this message of hope. How will you put action in your ministry? Thanks for joining us. I'm Rachel Legute. Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We'd love to hear how you and your church are ministering to your community. To submit ideas for this podcast, visit our website, lhm.org forward slash action and send us an email.